Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Afternoon and welcome to another unfilled episode of Barely Adequate with Chris and Jay. I'm Jay. I'm Chris. Well, there you go. That's about as non uh, non uh, funny energetic. as I can make that intro. Yeah, no, 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 really. I guess I could have made it slightly more energetic. Yes, I could have been like, "Hey, good afternoon, and welcome to another fun-filled episode Woo! of Barely Adequate with Chris and Jay." I'm motherfucking Jay. Namaste, Cray. Is that better? Sure. Possibly somewhere in the middle. <laughs> so uh, that is a new word I learned over the weekend that I did like. And I'm going to use namaskre. Oh, I'm sorry. You got to remember when I'm talking, I'm not listening. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and what does but, that yeah. mean? The you know namaste. Uh, if I remember the the translation of namaste means the. Okay, I'm not even going to fake it. I can't. <laughs> I've been awake for about a half an hour. Uh, but yes, Namaste Craig, uh, the translation they gave is the crazy in me recognizes the crazy in you. So, Namaste Craig, motherfucker. <laughs> ah, all right. All right, well, anyways, what are we doing today, man? What's uh, the show? Well, did you watch Game of Thrones yet? Yes, I did. And I've also watched two episodes of uh, Daredevil. Awesome, awesome. Both awesome. It's coincidentally enough the first, too. Hey, that's a good way to start. At the I beginning, thought so. I thought so as well. Yeah. And when I got, when you get to the end, stop. <laughs> or you can do like Joe Myers and restart. He's halfway uh, through rewatching uh, the whole season of Daredevil again. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. All right. Well, I guess I don't know. Yeah, I guess we could start on that. Huh? Uh, Game of Thrones. Sure. Um, yeah. Uh, be, I feel like be we need theme music. Oh, trust me, I can do that. I got it. I guess we can't use that theme music, but <laughs> why not? <laughs> Isn't it copyrighted, I would assume? We're not taking advertising. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Uh, although we this, do, uh, this, is, this is two days in a row now that I've done podcasts after I've been awake about a half an hour. And on my other show, yes, I, I added in both the Walking Dead theme music and Game of Thrones theme music. Uh, <laughs> so, so basically, you're telling me there's Game of Thrones theme music behind us as we, as we speak right now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, once I get done with my editing. Oh, that gives me such a warm feeling. All right, okay. So for anybody who's curious about the music, it's actually the uh, uh, Peter Hollins and Lindsey Sterling mix that I have. Oh, I don't know what that is. Um, Uh, Peter Peter Hollins is all over the YouTube as uh, the uh, one voice, uh, as kind of his style. But he does the the overmixing that he'll be just it'll just be him and his voice but it'll be like a hundred tracks combined together so he's doing all the instrumentation all the beats and all of the everything and he's actually and even just the, some of the stuff that he does just the straight singing he's got a beautiful voice but then of course there's uh, violin superstar pixie little redheaded mormon Lindsay sterling that uh, the two of them duetted with her doing her violin stuff and 
uh, him doing the vocal part. It's really good. So I'll have to check that out at some point. It's hard to imagine it being anything but fucking ridiculous stuff. And we'll oh, 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 that literally what he's doing, right? No. There might be that. That might be one of the tracks somewhere buried in. Oh, okay. Okay. So yes, that is what he's doing, just in different ways, shapes, and forms. So. Yeah, I'll, I mean, I'll post it up. Good, on, I'll, I'll share yeah. the, the the YouTube video on our Facebook page. Yeah, I'm having trouble doing this seriously. I, I don't think I'm really a dick for that. <laughs> I feel like a dick, but I don't think <laughs> I don't think I'm a dick for not being able to take that seriously until I actually hear it. I I do have the uh, the theme song on my on my phone as part of, as, my, as part of my set list. It's just yeah. you know regular. That's my version. ringtone. That's my standard ringtone on my phone. <laughs> Oh, I, hey, I guess we should actually talk about the actual episode. Yeah. So, um, I guess okay, spoilers, 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 yep, spoilers, 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 spoilers. I was, uh, I was stoked from the very opening because I'm watching these two young girls and I'm thinking, oh, Marcella. But then I realized, no, they're in a swamp. There's no swamps in dorm. And I'm like, as soon as I saw that, and my wife looks at me because she saw I had that, that moment of like, oh, and she's like, I go, it's the prophecy. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, anytime book stuff pops well, up on the show, I love it. Uh, yeah, well, no, I already knew about this. There had been a rumor going around the internet for a little while that they were going to open up season five with the uh, first flashback that they they'd ever did, which would be the right. the prophecy scene from uh, uh, Queen Cersei in her childhood when she met the uh, prophet. Yeah, well, that's the thing though. They kind of left out the 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 prophecy for her friend because <laughs> the prophecy for her friend kind of goes. I don't know. You could see it as worse or less painful because her friend drowned. <laughs> Yeah, which wasn't awesome. Uh, yeah, but at least she didn't have, you know, decades later of, oh, let me kill off all your kids. Let me uh, <laughs> have a younger, more pretty queen take over for you. Uh, they, yeah. they, which, the point which amuses me to no end because it comes right down to it. They're around the same age. Yeah. I mean, look up. I mean, what are they within five years of each other, aren't they? Well, for, I mean, you're talking the actual actresses. Or? The actual actresses, yeah. Um. Well, okay. You know, I'm not Instant sure, I'm not Google sure research. How, Let's do yeah. this. Yeah, go All for right. it. Yeah. You, and you tell me what yeah, what else you liked about the next. You know, talk about more about um, what you liked about the episode or what you didn't like. You never know. Well, I'm I am enjoying the the nuance of at least as a book reader. I mean, to up to a point, there's been like 95 percent of the show content through the first four seasons was stuff from the books or at least some interpretation of things from the books. So now we're venturing into that territory of we're going beyond the books. And there's some bits that uh, they are, I mean, you can see where they're going beyond the books, like especially with uh, Sansa and Littlefinger, whatever's going to be happening with their story as well. Um, I've had at least three different people ask me in the last two days, is the Hound really dead? And <laughs> so I had to say, we're not 100% sure. <laughs> and tell them of the, the hinting, of the hound at the monastery. And uh, how the, well, the, the, the false leads where right. someone else was using his helm. And, you know, it's like, yeah. Pro- yeah, he's probably dead. It'd be my guess. Probably. <laughs> yeah. If they're going by the book, probably. Oh, uh, eight years. I was a little bit off. Uh, uh, Cersei is 41. And, uh, and, uh, what, what's her name? Mar- Marjorie or how do you say Marguerite? Uh, what's her, well, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah. Uh, is, uh, 33. Okay. So, yeah, so I, I knew like, Lena was like about our age, right? But you know, they're supposed to be like she's supposed to be. Uh, it's uh, it's not that 
Cersei is miscast because she's supposed to be right around 40. It's just that Natalie Dormer is supposed to, is horribly miscast as far as age wise. She looks like she's a lot, uh, younger than she is. She looks like she could be 20, you know, and she's 33. And she's put, but she's actually supposed to be like 16, you know, or 17 uh-huh. or 18 or something like that, isn't she? Well, she's I remember correctly. Yeah. Well, she's just got that, that natural youthful beauty to her. Cause I mean, even to go back and watch her in the, the tutors, uh, that she was, she looked, yeah, definitely looked like a teenager then, and she was in her 20s. <laughs> right, right, right. The smirk helps. Oh, God, that smirk. Oh. <laughs> smirk in the accent. Mm. Yeah. Yes, I've always, that's that's what my wife and I enjoyed. Uh, have you seen the uh, uh, Chris Hemsworth movie, uh, Rush? Actually, was, yes, I have. Yeah. So that was, that was our own little thing for watching that movie, because I really have a thing for Natalie Dormer and she really has a thing for Chris Hemsworth. So we both made out well. <laughs> oh, was she in that movie? She was the nurse. Oh, I didn't pay much attention to that movie. I, I didn't. <laughs> I was distracted. I was, uh, it's a movie I bought because I was dating someone and I brought it on the date. And <laughs> so I, maybe I, I, I guess it's not completely accurate to say I've seen it. I was in the room while it was playing. I'm familiar with this movie. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> Apparently not. Apparently that's a lie. If I, if I realize I, it is, it is a film committed to electronic media that stars a Chris, a person named Chris Hemsworth, and it's titled Rush. That was, yeah, that was the extent of my knowledge because mm-hmm. obviously I didn't realize that the female lead was somebody in my favorite TV series. She wasn't the lead per se. Well, I mean, she started out in the movie. Oh, okay. Well, see, well, there you go. I feel a little bit better. Then again, I don't remember who the female lead is. That's so I made two mistakes so far. I, I admit, I uh, it was one of those things of watching it late at night, and I fell asleep through about the middle of the movie. <laughs> yeah, I got through the, 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 the introduction of the characters and then uh, the the fire for the one, and then I'm like, <laughs> that was it. <laughs> ah, excuse me, I had to get a drink of cool, refreshing, refreshing water. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, it was nice to see in the opening credits, though, too, that uh, uh, Winterfeld is no longer burning. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, you don't know what that too. Yeah, I'm like I don't know if that means anything. Well, because I'm sure, well, actually, I'm sure it means everything. Everything means everything. Well, the way that uh, because the way Stannis had put it, that Roose Bolton has taken up residence in Winterfeld, so it shows her rebuilding it. Ah. Uh. Okay, so we've covered uh, the uh, prophecy, and let's see. Next in order would be what's the very next thing they showed? Vance Raider. Oh, was it? I don't know if that was the next thing in the episode, but I know that that's that's the one that I'm I'm waiting to see how that's going to play out versus in the book, because they gave. I mean, in the book, it turns out that it was actually Rattleshirt, not Mance. That was put to the fire. Okay, well, once again, dipping into the internet rumor pool. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, that was actually Mance. Okay. They're, they're, they're changing that. That's, uh, he's, he's just dead. <laughs> yeah, which then becomes, you know, how, how are they going to retake Winterfell then? Because well, you want to have Mance as the, as the traveling bard and a couple of the wilding women with him that end up, you know, killing a bunch of Bolton's guards during the night and, Running off with Than. Oh, I'm sure they'll they'll have a workaround for that, that obviously. But uh, 
Um, I don't know. The see, to, to me, that was only of moderate interest. Uh, to me, the, probably the most interesting scenes were between uh, Varus and uh, Tyrion. Oh yes, those two. They those those two play so well off each other. It's always wonderful. Yeah, yeah that'll that'll be fun. And uh, and the Khaleesi was tolerable, although I, she's still some of my least favorite scenes. Yeah, and those and having. I noticed though too that <laughs> after her post-coital scene with uh, Dario, she's one of the very few women in the whole show that strategically placed a, a blanket to uh, cover. Oh yes, yeah. yeah. I'm sure it's in her contract that she doesn't have to show her boobies anymore. Probably not. She well, she did it enough in the first season or two that that should cover for that. Exactly. One. That's why I assume it's probably in her new contract that she didn't have to do it anymore. <laughs> yeah. Um. But speaking of Khaleesi. Did you? See, I was impressed with how how big the dragons have gotten. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I noticed that as well. I was like, oh, they're making them grow. But my question is, if, if they're letting them go that that feral, if they're getting that nasty, how did they get a bigger collar around them? <laughs> uh, maybe they're flexible. <laughs> they're they're big screw collars. There's a they're those TV show collars. <laughs> Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, what else? Uh, the I, I was glad to see him drop off uh, Pansy Waste in some secluded valley, obviously, to play with Toy Swords for a couple of years. Um, yes, that was fun. Oh, God, that scene was so funny. Oh! Ow! Ow! <laughs> oh, yeah! Hold your card yeah, up, sir! <laughs> it, it was interesting that what uh, according to what they said, it was it's got to be four years passed between season four and five, it seemed like it. Cause, I mean, no. I know it didn't because with the Mance Raider thing being, you know, uh, the Walt seems obviously being after a relatively short time, but they said he was 13 and there's no way he was 13 in the scenes that I'm thinking of that I remember him from watching the show. Uh, hmm. Isn't that weird? I mean, that's not just me, is it? Well, they, they play around with everybody's age on that show. I mean, it's like, mm-hmm. You know, you never from the beginning said that when you see Khaleesi rising out of the, the bathing tub in the very first episode that she's 13. I mean, there's, there's, right. They, they play around with people's ages a lot on that show. So I don't know. They could, I mean, it's, it, <laughs> it could be like the classic TV sitcom of where, uh, oh, you know, we had the big old plot point that we had a baby and then we come back next season and it's only been essentially two months in real life. But hey, we've got a toddler now. <laughs> So, right, right, because we couldn't think of any funny jokes about a baby. So, mm-hmm. well, it's too expensive to work with babies. <laughs> so yeah, I don't, uh, I don't know, but I thought that I, I caught that and I was like, yay! I win trivia points for fucking <laughs> wondering why he got thirteen all of a sudden because he clearly was not thirteen. No, right? Am I wrong? Uh, again, I, I would have to think. I'd have to look back on that. I'd have to wiki him. All right. But, um, just, just, just think about the last last scene you remember seeing him in, which was the last one I can remember him seeing him in, was the one where he kicked over uh, sounds of snow. Yeah, breaking up again. Uh, well, breaking up is hard to do. Now with the, uh, today's internet, damn you NSA. Um, but what I was saying was, uh, think about the last scene you saw him in. Yeah, it was with Littlefinger. Chaos. Chaos is not a pit. Chaos is a ladder. Uh, okay. Is the, is, the scene on the, is the scene on the stairwell when you see super smoking hot Sansa come walking down? Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So not too far from the scene I remembered where he kicked over the snow castle. Right. Um, 
But he just certainly didn't look 13 there, did he? Um, hard to say because they've always played him as a very babyish waif looking uh, character. Because, uh, yeah, a little, pan- <laughs> yeah, a little pansy. Uh, uh. <laughs> okay, so we covered that. We covered, uh, we covered the prophecy. We, we, okay, we haven't covered the wall. Um, Pink Floyd, excellent album. Yeah, I, I actually went and saw uh, Roger Waters uh, do The Wall. Uh, I mean, they couldn't call it Pink Floyd. You right. know, but it was one about, what, six, seven, eight, nine years ago, something like that? Yeah. And just to rub it in more, uh, I watched it in at the Palace of Auburn Hills, which has luxury suites in addition to its regular seating. <laughs> and uh, just in case that wasn't, uh, you know, uh, fucking snobbish enough, I was in the owner's suite, you know, the... <laughs> Like, like, literally the, the suite of the guy that owned fucking the, uh, entire fucking Palace of Auburn Hills, which is where the Pistons play and where most of the major concerts mm-hmm. go. It's about a, I don't know, 35, 40,000 seat uh, stadium. So it's not like football stadium big, but that's that, those are shitty for concerts anyway. Um, and it was fucking awesome. <laughs> Slightly uncomfortable at certain points because, uh, uh, I got in there because the, uh, person that owned it was at the time a member of the country club I work at hmm. and uh, he wasn't there because <laughs> he was in his 80s uh, but several other members of his family and friends of his family which were also members of the country club were there and which means several of the people that I kind of work for were there <laughs> but it was a cool experience because you uh, had VIP parking you went so you parked in a special lot where no one else could get into um, and you didn't have to let you didn't even have to wait in line to uh to basically you know get you know like once per try because you know you how it is when you pull into a, a concert there's like lines but just a fucking park uh and uh, so you pull in a different entrance park in a private parking lot go into a separate entrance that anyone can get to walk in at that, that point uh and it has like a high end bar on the left hand side. But then you walk a couple more feet, and then there's a an entrance that nobody can go through unless they show their tickets to get into the suites. Mm-hmm. And then these suites are then it's basically a big uh, hallway that goes all the way around the arena with uh, doors, uh, locked doors with you know you have to have a key to get in, except for one. One of them doesn't have a locked door. I'm sure the door locks, but doesn't need it because whenever there is an event going on, there's a guy in a security uniform sitting in front of that door. It's the only one in the entire. Uh, um, stadium that has that guy sitting there and that's the guy i showed my tickets to <laughs> hey check this out man i wonder sweet there's people in there that had a stock bar and you know and they kept like popcorn and snacks in there and pop and you know and uh he didn't have booze and uh because he wasn't a drinker but if it's, it, the uh uh some of the other high-end uh sweets could have that obviously if you wanted it but it was, you know, and it had the most important thing, uh, thing I think ever when you're ever going to an event like that, which is a private fucking bathroom. Um, how many concerts have you been to, my friend? I'm assuming quite a few over the years. Yeah, yeah. Okay, private bathroom. Yeah, private bathroom at that fucking Rodney James Dio concert you went to in 1984. Think about that. <laughs> nah, I never went. I was never a Dio fan. Okay, well, you, but you get my point. But yes, I, I know exactly what I you're mean, saying. Not even the fucking awesome private box that holds like 15 people, you know, you know, uh, so it's got a balcony that with like 15 or 20 seats, uh, that, you know, that leads, that, that holds out to the stadium and you can see out, you know, where, where the stage is. And since it's the owner's box, that's the best fucking view. Uh, and then on the inside, you've got like three or two or three couches. And then I mentioned, like I said, the bar set up with the attendant standing behind it, passing out drinks and snacks. 
Oh, it was fucking heaven. And he had, he had a, since he was the owner, he had like a double box. And that, folks, is our new segment of Jay, Jay bragging shit up because I made a Segway joke. Oh, Segway? You got a Segway? <laughs> fucking those are, dude, I always kind of wanted one of those because I'm lazy and I don't like to walk. <laughs> Anyways, what were we talking about? I'm sorry. We're talking about the wall. <laughs> oh. oh, Pink Floyd. Yeah. They... <laughs> Did I tell you this one time? <laughs> uh, okay. Is it me or did Sam? I, I just, it was one of those odd things you notice when you watch a scene. It's like, is it me or did Sam actually slim up a little bit between seasons? Mm-hmm. <laughs> he actually did a couple seasons ago. They've been keeping them padded up and close. Yeah. And that's, and, and that's the first time that they've had them not like in winter clothes in quite a while. Yeah. So, yeah, I, know, I noticed that a couple seasons ago, seriously. Um, my eagle eye. Yeah. Ah! Oh, that sounded like a constipated eagle, didn't it? <laughs> ah! It won't get out. Does it have a cherry? <laughs> oh well, well, or do eagles get constipated by cherries? That's that's good to know. <laughs> Come on, eagle eye. If, if, if cherry. eagles ever attack me, oh. Oh, I thought you were looking at eight cherries. I was really like, okay, that's good to know. If an eagle ever attacks me, I'll throw cherries at it. it I mean, it'll instinctively know, that, know not to eat it because it'll get constipated. <laughs> Goddamn pits. <laughs> exactly. Eagle's a smart bird. Yeah. <laughs> uh, All right. Yeah, so anyway, the wall. Yeah. So, ow, motherfucker. Ow, I hit my feelings. Um, so, yeah, the wall. Uh, I can't believe that he fucking shot him with an arrow. An arrow in the heart. An arrow in the heart. You know what that happens when that, you do that? Fucking the guy dies. No. Ser- I know. Seriously, I did not see that coming. So it'd be uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens because uh, uh, I don't think it's going to go well for good old Jon Snow. <laughs> do you think? Do you think uh, with the the training sequence they so- showed at the beginning when Jon was training up Ollie? Do you think he was beating the shit out of Ollie because? Uh, because <laughs> always want to kill the grad. <laughs> I was actually wondering about that, but no, I, I just I decided no. He he, he was too. Uh, he was well, yeah, too he backed off. He realized that he was doing yeah. bad. But I still, I still wonder, and they didn't mention it in the commentaries, but I'm still wondering if it's a if it's a little bit of an in joke that they uh, named the uh, uh, kid Ollie, and he became an archer. No coincidence. I know. Yeah. This way, my my brain looked at it. You're just obsessed with that dude, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Who's gonna play Casey Jones on fucking Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? The fucking you know. archer guy from uh, the WB is gonna be Casey Jones on another shitty fucking Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. Uh, he yeah. can only improve it, I guess. From what I was saying, his his incredibly wooden acting is much appreciated by many people. It's not wooden. That's I do. You know me. I don't watch TV, so I am not gonna judge the man. He appears to be a really cool dude, but I, I, the the when when I read critical reviews of him, that's the bad reviews that he gets. I, he gets plenty of good reviews. A lot of people love Arrow, so obviously you know, yeah, obviously you, he's got some things going for him. But when I read a bad review, they they say it's his wooden acting that they don't like. Well, yeah, because you got critics that you're always going to find a critic of anything, yeah, just because exactly. it's, because you know? something's popular. I must shit on this so that I stand out. There are plenty. It'll of, give there me are more traffic that, for my blog. 
Yeah, there are plenty of critics that bag on Robert A. Heinlein, and I, and I think he's one of the greatest authors of all time, and most the majority of the world agrees, hence the shitload of uh, awards. Uh, but he has critics as well. So, mm-hmm. But what I'm saying is that gives me the right to make a joke about his fucking wooden acting, so back the fuck off. <laughs> Damn. All right. Okay. Moving on. <laughs> Let's see. Okay. We co- we we really didn't cover Tyrion and uh, Varys all that all that much. Uh, do you think uh, they're gonna just like walk up to Darius and say what up? No. Or do you think there's gonna be like a multi episode thing where they have to get their way through layers of people and bribe this person to. and you know fucking thumb wrestle this guy and uh, I don't know fucking who knows maybe Varys will have to suck dick maybe Tyrion will have to suck dick. It could be a big ordeal, and I don't want that. I want them to meet right away and get it over with. No, I, can't, I don't see that happening right away just because once Tyrion... Well, no. Once, uh, as soon as Varys and Tyrion show up, uh, Barristan is going to recognize them on site and tell people to kill them because you have a Lannister and someone who is part of the King's, King's Council. These, mm-hmm. are the, these are the people who plotted to kill you before through Sir Jorah. So yeah, Barristan's either going to take him into custody or try to kill, have someone just kill him on sight. Hmm. <laughs> it's interesting. Huh. Uh, so yeah, I guess, yeah, I guess, so I guess there's going to have to be some sort of like, you know, you know, gang signs and I don't know. Okay. Moving on. Let's I see. Still, what I, still enjoy, I still enjoyed that saying, do you know what it is like to have to push your own shit out of one of those holes? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I know what it is like to have to pick up your shit and throw it overboard. <laughs> Very catty, yeah. <laughs> Very oh, such they, a they, bitch. <laughs> yeah, they covered they covered other stuff. What else did they cover? Um, or was that it really? Well, next episode, next episode is the one I'm really looking for because the the character arc I'm waiting to see what they do with is Arya with uh the House of Black and White and the Faceless Men. I'm right, really yeah. waiting to see how that one's going to play out. Yeah, that'll be a lot of fun. Oh, yeah, we almost forgot about everyone's least favorite couple. Uh, Bree and Pod. Oh, Bree and Podrick? Yeah, it's like, hey, we have no personality. We, <laughs> we, we, were, cool. we, were, we were cool before. We were paired up with interesting people, but now we're paired up with each other, and we're actually not uninteresting people ourselves. So, fuck, I, like I don't that. know why we're even still together. I like Pod. But seriously, I mean, none, neither of them have nothing to say. They're both followers. Yeah, which, I mean, even Brini even said in that scene, I'm not a leader. I'm, all I'm seeking is a worthy king to, to follow and fight for. Right. Now, and that, Pod, they're, now they're all gone, so I don't know what to do, so I'm going to cry a little moan like a bitch. Give me that sword. Give me that. Fuck, that was the thing that was wasted on you. <laughs> Can you mail it to me somehow or another? I'll pay shipping. I'm waiting to see how, uh, yeah, I don't know where their story's going to go because they still, they've pretty much yeah. said they're not going to do Lady Stoneheart. So, I mean, that leaves Brian's storyline wide open then. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, let's see. Yeah, I think that's it. All right. You ready? You ready? You ready? Daredevil. Daredevil. Okay, uh, spoilers again. God, this is a spoily, spoily show. So really, I'm hoping... Well, you're only two episodes in, so we're not going to yeah, get exactly. too spoiled. I'm, I've got eight episodes under my belt. Ooh, yeah. Fuck you, too. Um, but so far... <laughs> So far, so good. Um, no bad acting. Uh, nothing that I went, oh, fuck, really? Um, I'm not a big fan of the flashbacks because I already know Daredevil's story, but I realize they're a necessity for people that don't. Uh, right. 
I managed to talk my girlfriend into watching the uh, first two episodes with me, and she liked them as well. Mm-hmm. Um, she's a big fan of action movie stuff, so I, after in retrospect, it's not a big surprise that she liked them. But mm-hmm. <laughs> at the time, I was like, man, I hope so. She, well, she, I don't know, she likes the Marvel superhero movies, but it, it, this wasn't really a Marvel superhero movie. It's a, it, it's, it's a lot in grittier. the same universe, but yeah, it's, 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 it's definitely darker. It's, yeah, it's a lot darker. It's a lot grittier. Um, it's I don't know if you can call it more realistic because the Marvel superhero movies are actually realistic in their context. I would say it, the the fight sequencing, uh, to an extent, is a bit yeah, more well, realistic. That's, that's, that's of, why I went, you know, because when I say realistic, I was like, you know, I, that's why I said I'm not sure why I want to say more realistic, because in their context, the Marvel superhero movies are realistic. If there was a guy that that turned big, you know, and green mm-hmm. and was able to lift a bunch, and he threw and he threw a fucking car, that's probably what it would look like. Yeah. yeah. Um, so in that context, the Marvel superhero movies are actually fairly realistic. Uh, Daredevil is realistic in the context that he's a normal guy for the most part. Yeah, he's, uh, ba- he's Batman without a budget. Right, right. I'm only two. No, he does have advantages that Batman does not have. Obviously, true. I'm only I'm only two episodes in, so they haven't explained his superpowers at all. Um, at the he, moment, he just seems to have uh, you know really amazing fucking you know hearing and smell and such. Mm-hmm. But but I know I'm assuming it's at some point you know before the season's over they're gonna explain it his actual radar sense. They do. They they well they. Um, and it's not a spoiler. I mean, we said spoilers, spoilers, but that's, you know, that doesn't feel like a spoiler because anybody knows anything no. about Daredevil knows he has fucking radar sense. That's yeah. his shtick. Yeah. Now there's there is a, there is a brief scene I think by like episode five with uh, Rosario Dawson, which I'm I'm loving her character. I'm loving well, her. That, oh, that, is that who that was? That's who I, I, I was like. Man, she looks really fucking familiar. Those She's movies are really She's fucking familiar. <laughs> Yeah, like, so those, thing- those boobs are really familiar. I've seen those boobs before. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it was in episode two when her character gets introduced that yeah. I'm, I'm sitting there watching and I'm like, you know, where are they going to go with this? And then when she tells him to, you know, take take the knife and put it into his trigeminal nerve. And I'm like, oh, shit, because <laughs> <laughs> that, that is a real thing. And uh, I know you know, my girlfriend's why would why would they do that? I'm like, well, because. He said that you can beat on beat on him all you want. He's still not gonna tell you shit. And and she was like, "Well, I, there's a spot that's gonna be a lot more convincing." Mm-hmm. And she was right. <laughs> yeah, because essentially, I mean, even from as it's a real thing, the trigeminal nerve runs through the side of your face there. And we've I've I've treated patients who had uh, trigeminal neuralgia, and neuralgia means nerve pain. So picture that nerve being inflamed. Picture your worst possible toothache if you've ever had an exposed nerve uh, in one of your teeth, and then picture someone digging at that with a dental tool without Novocaine. That's essentially what Daredevil did with that knife. <laughs> it was convincing. Yes, that's why he was screaming. <laughs> And uh, one another thing I really like about it so far, also from the second episode, uh, was the fact that they're really realistic about fight scenes in the regard that if you hit a active, in shape guy between the age of twenty and forty as hard as you can in the face mm-hmm. and knock him down, he's probably going to get right back up and try to kick your ass. 
Yeah. I mean, it, unless you nail him just right, you know, or normally the only people that go down are there's plenty of people that will go down and stay down the first time you punch them. But they're normally normally not active male in shape people between the ages of 20 and 40. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and this What's is an evidence in ample evidence in this show. Uh, and that's in the fight scene at the very end where he fought, I want to say, nine guys. Yep. And they got up over and over and over and well, over again. And he, he actually knocked. He it was probably somewhere in the range of what, fifteen? No, twenty-five to thirty knockdowns before they oh, yeah. stayed down. <laughs> and then, including himself getting knocked down. I mean, he's showing, he's showing the battle damage. He's showing the fatigue because right. this is not his first fight of the night either. Yeah. And just the way, yeah, that that whole scene reminded me a little bit of the raid. As well as the the hammer in the hallway scene from uh, Old Boy, because it mm-hmm. just it is kind of a I mean especially when Old Boy it's it's a little over the top for the the gore and the violence of it, but to an extent it's that realistic of you know someone's someone's gonna fuck people up in a small space. <laughs> and, yeah. And so, yeah, yeah. There's I gotta rewatch the scene though because there was talk that that was done one whole tracking shot. But, I can believe it because it looked like because that it reminded me of that uh, scene from um, the Tony Jaa movie. I can't remember which one. Either uh, the protector. protector. Yeah, I think it's a protector. Uh, with the almost yes. two two and a half minutes uh, single shot while through the stairway up the stairway through the hotel uh, casino, whatever the fuck it was. Yeah. Well, yeah, because Joe and I were talking about it yesterday because they had to. There's question of some of the when they do the pans across the wall that they may have done some cuts there just because you got to think with that tight of a space as well for filming you got people laying on the ground doorway doors laying in the hall and stuff that you'd be having to step over for going back and forth with your shots unless it's a drone well i was thinking if anything i, I would want to watch the scene to see do you see any shots of the actual ceiling of the hallway at least through the middle section oh because you yeah, could have cut yeah. out and you could have uh i mean if you did do any cuts for the scene, yeah, yeah, it could be gimbled and on a program so it can repeat the movement and follow through so it would look like it's just flowed and fluid and flowing back and forth through the hall. All right. But yeah, it was, oh God, that was, that was an awesome scene. But, uh, I would say you're not going to get into too many, well, no, you're still going to have flashbacks now and then. But, uh, one of the greatest flashback episodes is the one I believe is the one I just finished watching. Uh, or the last episode I should watch, I watched, I should say, um, is a, a flashback to Kingpin, uh, to Wilson Fisk when he's a child. And you kind of get to see where he kind of came from. And it's got its own great, great story to it. <laughs> but actually, my, my absolute favorite episode of the season, besides that one, that one's actually really good. Is, uh, as soon as I looked at, you know, title list of what episodes are going up, I, I, I'm one of those people, I will look at list of episode titles, but I won't look at the synopsis just to right. see what I can get from it. And, uh, episode seven is titled Stick. Oh, yeah. Oh, that will be good. I mean, oh. I'm not, uh, an avid Daredevil fan, but I'm familiar with his basic history, so I recommend uh-huh. that name, obviously. Oh, yeah. And they, they did cast Scott Glenn as Stick. I don't know. I don't know who Scott Glenn is. Um, Hunt for Red October, the American sub captain. No. Uh, the right yeah. stuff. Uh, um, I think I was too young in that uh, when I was when I watched it too. Wait a minute, the right stuff, the, the rocket movie, or the right stuff, yeah, the, the astronauts, movie? yeah, the oh. astronauts. 
Uh, let's see. Desperado. Was it movie? No. Or not Desperado, Silverado. No. Jesus Christ, dude. Was the Karate movie named the right stuff? They... No. <laughs> not that I'm aware of. The one with uh, Eric Roberts and that Japanese guy. It was the, when they were the U.S. karate team. No, that was... was the movie, uh was a movie about them getting their ass kicked? No, it was the Taekwondo oh. team, too. Oh. And, uh, uh, shit, now you killed me. I can't remember the name of that movie. Because <laughs> the sequel, the sequel was great. The first one was a, a good movie in its own right. The sequel was a great action movie, too, because you even had Wayne Newton. <laughs> How could you have an action movie without Wayne Newton, really? <laughs> okay, let's see. All right, whatever. Moving on. Uh, let's see. Um, what else? What were we talking about? I forgot. We're talking that's about that's uh, we're talking about Daredevil. Oh yeah, um, yeah, it was good. I liked it. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing more episodes. Holy shit! Eric Roberts has 377 movies to his credit on IMDb. Wow, that's pretty good for being Julia uh, Roberts' brother, huh? <laughs> my uh, thumb. They took my thumb. They took my thumbs. Was it Frankie? This is yeah. Frankie, they dig my thumbs. Uh, yeah, yeah. What's what was? Uh, the, he was a very believable taekwondo star. To be honest, he's got yeah. so many, so many movies to go through that I'm having to scroll way the fuck back. Yeah, here I am mocking him, and he's probably kicking back in his money couch, probably watching solid gold, fucking HD four million TV. Um. I'm trying to think of other Scott Glenn movies, though, so that you could. <laughs> oh, you're trying to picture. cross-reference it. Well, I'm Just trying to think of. Go from there. Huh? Just look up Kevin oh. Bacon. Go from there. Go six degrees to to Kevin Bacon just go, for Scott Glenn. Yeah, just just go six degrees to the right of Kevin Bacon, and then just work your way from there. Uh, um, that's the new DNA test, by the way. You know. They ask you how many Kevin Bacon movies you've seen. And well, see, Scott, Scott Glenn was in the right are. stuff with Ed Harris. Uh-huh. Um, Ed Harris has done a lot of movies, too. What's the right stuff got to do with anything? We established <laughs> that wasn't the name of the movie. Yes, we did, because that's the movie that Scott Glenn is in that talks about the Mercury 7 astronauts, asshole. Wait a minute. <laughs> what are we talking about? I thought we were talking about Eric Roberts. <sighs> we're talking about both of them, buddy. We oh I'm sorry you know I can only keep one thing in my mind it's no, that's by your I choice. was dropped on my I was dropped on my head way too many times as a, a mature an adult, adult. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not my fault yeah, Eric Roberts did way too many forced that alcohol on me really I didn't want to best of it. the best there it is that even had Chris Penn in it <laughs> which is exactly the same as the right stuff. No, it is not. So you can totally see why oh, I made oh, it. Oh, 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 <sighs> Okay, so yeah. we covered Daredevil. <laughs> Anything else Daredevil? Um, uh, best, uh, I will say, uh, going back to Scott Glenn playing Stick, it is, in my opinion, one of the best adaptations of a character from the page. Let me finish talking, you fucker. From the page to the screen both in the visual of the character as well as the acting of the character. That is what I am trying to say. See, I can say things now and then, people, when he shuts the fuck up. I know. 
Well, you know, I'm kind of a dick. I can't help it. Okay, he was in Sucker Punch, which I never watched all of. Uh, oh, did you see Silence of the Lambs? Yes, and I didn't see Sucker Punch parts of it. I think. Wait, it was Sucker... No, I didn't. I saw Kick-Ass parts of it. I didn't see Sucker Punch. He was the uh, head of the FBI Bureau. Nope. In, uh, nope. What was the guy's name? Scott Glenn. I thought that was a country singer. There you go thinking again. That's usually your downfall. Oh, wait, I'm thinking Glenn Campbell. Uh, Rhinestone Cowboy. Uh, I, yeah, there's the rats. Oh! Uh-huh. Fuck, why didn't you say just the guy that looked like David Carradine? <laughs> Essentially. Oh, okay. <laughs> but better actor. <laughs> I'm sure oh, there, yeah. there was well, talk. That's, that's, I know there was, there was talk. Early, there was talk early in the, the development of the show that they would use David Carradine as stick. And then someone auto erotic asphyxiated themselves in a hotel room in Hong Kong. Oh, that's unfortunate. <laughs> I know. That was the. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm looking up his early movies, trying to look. Oh, I looked up his pictures and seeing what else well, I've seen him. Uh oh, he's here. He is wearing a uh, martial arts gi in The Challenge, 1982. Scott Glenn. Oh, oh, oh here he is. In, oh, Lone Wolf McQuaid. Silver, oh, Silverado is a fucking uh, Western. Western. Yes. Oh. With a very young Kevin Costner. Is Kevin Costner's all, first on-screen performance? It's all coming with very clear now. What was Kevin Costner's first on-screen performance? Uh, Silverado? Nope. The you dead lied dead. to me. No, no, no. I said with with lines. That was his first first oh. performance with the lines. His first on-screen performance was he was the dead body getting dressed up in the funeral home at, in the Big Chill. And he said he never forgave Johnny Carson, who was producer of that movie, for cutting out any face shots of him. Because he thought, this is going to be my big great break. I'm going to I'm going to be on screen. I'm going to be in this movie that's got, you know, Glenn Close and uh, uh, John Hurt and uh, uh, what's the other dude's name? I don't know. Uh, I don't watch those movies like you do. I don't know why you're asking me these questions. I'm not asking you. I'm asking rhetorically. <laughs> I know I'm not asking you. <laughs> but yeah, he played. I'm sorry, he was. He was uh, or wait, am I now mixing him up with John Car- with David Carradine? <laughs> who 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 was the bad guy in Lone Wolf McQuaid? Uh, that was Jim Carrey. What? <laughs> well, yes. I'm pretty sure that was the bad guy. Lone Wolf McQuaid, Jim Carrey. Killing me, Smalls. <laughs> That's good because I think we're done. It's it's about that time. What do you think? Anything else you want to throw out there, right quick? Um, I I feel like I killed my body yesterday. That's good. <laughs> like I burned almost a thousand calories. Cause I did uh, double black diamond. That's right. Uh, red hot core. That's right. And my first eight minute arms workout using my ten pound weights. And oh my god, going from five to ten, it, yeah, <laughs> it was not fun. Ooh, look at you now. Oh uh, yeah, David it's Carradine. Try, so try see, to... there you go. You messed up my my head. You may have me thinking Scott Glenn was David Carradine. Well, that's because Scott Glenn is David Carradine. He actually, he actually, obviously faked his own death. <laughs> see, 
But but anyways, yeah, I uh, as you know, I do the uh, double black diamond and red hot core every other day. Yeah. Uh, I, but in I don't do any uh, eight minute arms or anything like that. But I do do pull ups and chin ups. Uh, right. Which I, what I'll be doing as soon as we finish up this uh, podcast, so I can get it out of the way. Um, yeah, but yeah, that's a fucking hell of a workout, isn't it? Fuck, I was I I I modified about half the push ups through the workout just because I knew I was doing my arms workout after. And I didn't want I didn't want my arms to be totally toast. And since with all the push-ups through that, you know, 68 minutes of workout that is double black diamond, I skipped the 30 seconds worth of push-ups that I usually get about 10 push-ups in during that 30 seconds at the beginning of the eight-minute arms workout, <laughs> uh, and just did the weights yeah. work. Which yeah, I have I, found, uh, I have found the weights have made a difference for me, and my shoulders are. Stronger because I hadn't I hadn't done either uh, Red Hawk or not Red Hawk Core but uh, Diamond Cutter or Double Black Diamond for like a month because I've been doing mostly about 45 50 minute workouts of doing like you know say Strength Builder and Red Hawk Core or Fat Burner and Red Hawk Core you know somewhere in between there and whatever but uh, so the first time I hadn't done uh, uh, Showstopper in a while and it used to be with Showstopper by the time I got to doing the other side I get like into the first first one of the set of three and pulling in the cables and my shoulders would be my, my elbows would start dropping because I just I couldn't keep my arms up there getting sore. I can do showstopper now without my arms dropping because of doing the the weights. So right, yeah, yeah. It's and it's always good nice to have uh, confirmation that you're making progress. Oh, yeah. I uh, I'm at the point now on double black diamond that I'm, I'm while you were talking I was sitting here thinking through the workout trying to think of. What I couldn't do, what I modified, mm-hmm. and with a, only one or two exceptions that I can think of, the only stuff I modify now is stuff either stuff for space or stuff for balance. Uh, like when I'm doing in Road Warrior Three, I'm constantly, you know, I'm pretty well spread out for that, mm-hmm. but I'm also constantly grabbing the wall or the chair beside me because you know I can only keep balance on that for two or three seconds tops, and then I need to at least touch that, if not actively lean on it. You know, right. Um, then there's a couple like different spots where I where I have to actively modify because I just don't have room to get to stretch my arms out completely while like for instance doing the the uh, broken table crunches. Mm-hmm. I, I stretch my leg out all the way out, but I have my uh, forearm cocked at a 90 degree angle when I do the uh, push my I, I push the arm out part. Right. Um, other than that, the only thing the only thing that I don't do the extreme position on right now is the. Uh, uh, What's the best way to call it? The alligator hold. The, they call it. He called it crocodile position right. too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't do that. <laughs> I just go into the alligator position and hold that the entire time. I actually just hold plank the whole time. Uh, I, yeah, I, I go down to that and I, I, I end up flopping out. So I just I, I stay up in plank for that. What is it? It's like 30, 40 seconds at the whole whole time of that one. But alligator position is harder than plank position, I assume. Oh yeah, because it, it at least okay. Because you know I'm. I read a couple things that kind of made it implied that it was easier than a regular plank. But no. the way DDP explained it, he's like, okay, go to plank. If you can do plank, go to this. And if you can do, uh, you know, go to alligator. And if you can go to, if you can do alligator, try crocodile too. And, yeah. uh, and so I, I tried crocodile too the very first time that I did, uh, uh the, uh, double black diamond. And since then I've been doing, uh, alligator position. Yeah. <laughs> Which I can do handily, and I've thought about moving to crocodile position too, but that's one of the few ones where I don't do his last, the extreme positioning. Right. Um, other than that, I think I do double black diamond from front to back. Yeah, I'm still, I mean, uh, 
well, yeah, yesterday I, I will say that was a small, small bonus, um, doing double black diamond that, uh, my left, my left hip is still my, my, it's weird that my left hip is my tightest hip that I, when doing can opener that my knee, my, my ankle, or excuse me, my, my heel is almost touching my knee. I got maybe an inch or two gap between them, but with my right hip, I can, I can have my heel. I got like a good foot between, uh, you know, a good 12 inches uh, between my, yeah, my yeah, knee and yeah. my yeah, that, that's but, a good example. My my knee, my like when I do can opener, can opener, it's not a ninety degree angle, which would be like obviously the optimum angle where your mm-hmm. you know your 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 lead leg is spread out directly in front of you, and then your right. knee is cocked with an exact ninety degree angle out. Right. Mine is kicked in some. Um, yep. And also, I don't grab. I, I'm just now recently got to the point where I can grab my ankle with my hand, yeah, and I and I can not even close to grabbing with both hands. So yeah, I guess there's another there's another position where I'm not. There's in always some place to go. Right. Yeah, that's that's where that's where I was going with it. Is on my my left. I I made the the brief effort to try to grab my my right ankle while I'm in can opener with my left leg forward. And, and yeah, as soon as I start to pick up my leg, my body's like, yeah, don't do that. <laughs> do you get but, do you get pain with the right side? Day? With the right side, I I did yesterday. I actually managed to grab my left ankle. So that was when you took that as a victory. When you're positioning, when you're learning into a, a can opener, uh-huh. especially I get this occasionally on both sides, but almost every time on the left. Uh, as I'm lowering into, I'll be lowering it in there lower and lower, and my knee will start feeling tighter and tighter and tighter. And yeah. at some point, my knee will pop. I'll, I'll feel a pop, and sometimes it's a fucking painful pop, not like a normal pop. I'll be like, oh, for half a second there, I think I hurt myself, and then it doesn't doesn't hurt anymore, and like no lingering pain or anything like that. And at that point, I have more flexibility, and it'll lower the rest way down. But that concerns me because because <laughs> there shouldn't yeah. be pain when you're doing this sort of thing. And right. that one's, and it's a lot more painful or than most of the other joint pops that you get when you do certain stretches. Yeah, my um, mine pops. My a knee bit stuff scares too. me. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things of either don't have the foot so far from the knee or don't go as deep into the position or something like that. Modify it where you can, at least if you know at that point where it pops. Right. Because I've, I've noticed some of it can be, besides the, the, the strengthening of, the, of your knee stabilizers that we're doing with all the workout stuff throughout the workouts between the squats, the balance, and all that stuff, at the same time, you're still you're stretching the muscles, you're stretching your your ligaments, your tendons, and getting more flexibility in the joint. And yeah, you can get to that point where you got a little more flexibility enough that things might slip slightly. So I mean, that's probably what's what's going on there. That it's okay. it's like they say, you know, even with uh, oh, with uh, with below the belt, with uh, everything that you're working there and flexing the back and, and everything that there's that point in. Where you're doing like, you know, your fourth or fifth diamond cutter that you're saying, you know, don't go, you know, be, you're really loose, loose here. Don't go too deep because yeah, right. I've done, I've done that before that I've, you know, all gung ho and throw back into a diamond cutter. And I'm like, Oh, that wasn't good because I'll feel right. something in my shoulders or my I low back or something did that a week or two ago. Yeah. Cause then, um, uh, I was going to say the other modifier it's, is I've been enjoying watching the videos that, uh, uh, Stevie Richards and, uh, uh, Christina Russell have been putting up each week between their challenge stuff they put out their weekly challenge they've done on Thursdays. I've, I'm still trying to do. I don't know. I, the very first time I did it with uh, see how long you can hold tree, I did like uh, two minutes and 46 seconds. I haven't been able to even get close to two minutes since that first time. 
<laughs> I did I did hold Black Crow for about thirty seconds last night while I was doing the double black diamond. But yeah, uh and that's like five or six, I think. Under yeah. definitely under ten. <laughs> but yeah, and I I've tried to do my plank challenge again. That my current personal record's two minutes. I'm trying to get beyond that, but I don't know. I'm huh. trying to figure out if it's better to do it before or after I've worked out so that I, at least I'm limbered up, but not to the point of fatigued. It's just straight it's just a straight hold push up position without moving, right? Yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't I think I could do a fairly long one. I don't know. I mean, I do do a lot of push-ups, but it, you never it's know. It's amazing how much it catches up to you after you get about to about a minute in that you start to feel it in your shoulders and right, right, and shifting around and moving yeah. out of the push-up position obviously is against the rules. No, actually yeah. it's not the way they do that do it that because uh, if you watch DDP's video own video that where he did like a 6 or 7 minute plank that he does some side plank positioning, even you know rolling rolling it out over onto the to one foot and one arm and rolling it to the other. But it, the main thing is just keeping your from you know your from your ankles to your shoulders is that straight body plank. Well, that's what I mean when I say yeah, yeah you can't obviously flex out of it or anything like that. No, you can't like you know, try to go up yeah, into some down dog or down dog right. But um. Yep. One of the modifications they had uh, regarding can opener, I found out, is one I had already been doing myself for trying to get more flexibility into that left hip, is you can start out with uh, the like you know your heel up against your knee if that's where you guys start at. If you can't get that leg out that far in front of you because your knee's stiff, yeah. then the way to do it after that is to use your right foot, your your you know your your straight leg behind you. Right. And work work that leg backwards so that you're moving the instead of moving your foot away from your yeah, your knee, yeah you're that's something, knee away that's from something your foot. I do actually yeah, yeah. That's, like, that's what I that's what I was doing I I get my uh, and then that's how it end, I would end up popping that knee uh, getting into position because uh-huh. I would just I would get my knee as basically no, it, as far back as I could without making it hurt and then slowly inch that leg back and stretch mm-hmm. it out until I, until it was basically flat and. Yeah, it's yeah, like it's good and bad. It's like it's like when I pop my hip doing the right. uh, dead bug. It fucking you know, it's scary and it kind of hurts for a second. But afterwards, like oh, that was good actually. <laughs> yeah, I've seen. I, I found that uh, they from watching the extreme videos, and I'd seen people say it online too that uh, you know they renamed dead bug later in the workouts. Yeah. HPS is what he he just he used the abbreviation during the the hip back and knee opener tutorial. Yeah, HPS Happy Porn Star. <laughs> uh, this is why yeah, we like but, this workout, folks. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, I, mean, I still haven't touched the extreme one. I'm going to keep up what I got going on for about another three months, then reevaluate. Yeah, because I, I only recently switched. To, I only in January switched to doing uh, black diamond every day instead of regular uh, diamond cutter. And in all about what what was it two or three weeks ago? I think maybe maybe a month ago. Top switched to uh, doing. Uh, Double black diamond three days a week and stand up three days a week. Yeah, and uh, I've had a couple people tell me I should uh, try uh, the extreme psycho workouts, uh, which I'm willing to do. But I'm going to give it another three or four months, maybe as late as August, uh, to see uh, how what my how my workouts right now are going to do because I haven't given right. enough time to see how it's going to affect me really. I would say um, you could do like I've done. I haven't done an actual extreme workout yet, but um, for one of the days where you do stand up. Uh, Trade it out for uh, the hip, back, and knee opener tutorial, because that's that the tutorial is about a half hour long, and it's gonna it's gonna work a lot of the same things you're working with stand up, and uh, it's got some different can opener positions, some different uh, 
there's uh, even some of the basic moves that we already do that they modify them, and, and it's amazing how much it makes the, the more difficult. I mean, like even the <clears throat> the basic of uh, well, you know, like in, I've been doing that when I've been doing the fat burner lately, trying to do uh, instead of just doing the uh, bent legged bar back, you know, putting your arms out in front of you instead of hands on your knees. Right. And right. Amazing how that little shift makes it so much harder. With uh, one of the moves that they introduced for the hip back and knee opener is doing uh, like the regular uh, uh, diamond cutter squats, but instead you're doing it up on the balls of your feet. You're not doing it flat footed, so sure. that it's engaging the calves more as you're coming up. Oh, this might <laughs> yeah. be what this might be what I'm looking. Well, it does, but it does still work a lot of the same muscles that the uh, double black diamond does. I would assume. Um, no, because it's not for with the. Uh, hit back and knee opener. There's some there's some new moves that are introduced with it. There's some different ways of doing the can opener. Uh, there's and other things that are introduced with that workout that I like throwing it in every now and then just to to work up the hips. I I need to go back and do. I might even do that today. Hear that, or I might do next day. I might I might do this tomorrow just because you know. Uh, stand up isn't bad, and I do need to work on my balance, but mm-hmm. I don't really like, feel like it's a really awesome enough workout for, to be doing three days a week. I feel like I'm kind of losing, losing, you know. Uh, right. Because uh, you got to remember, I went I went from working out the uh, fucking double black diamond and the red uh-huh. core six days a week. Um, so maybe do uh, uh, stand up one or two days a week and and do uh, fucking hips, backs, and knees uh, uh, one or two days a week. Yeah, start off with the tutorial and just just see what you think of it. Because I mean, it, even it's a, it's a tutorial, an actual workout, or is it you know? It's I will say like for, the, or is for it myself, like the, you know, the, or, or or is it like no. the, the the diamond cutter was, you know, the, you know, the, the diamond dozen sort of thing. It's if anything, it's it's an it's a very intense stretching routine that will give you a workout. It's not going to give you a hard workout, but I I would still say it definitely do that first. Just to get familiar with some some of those new positions that you would be doing in the extreme workout, but for myself, yeah, it clocks in about 29, 30 minutes, and the last couple times I've done it, I get for me a, a nine to ten calorie a minute average on it. So I mean, I'm burning uh, about 300 calories just on doing a tutorial. Because right. it does, because it, you're working all that lower body stuff, you're working all those muscles, and it's it's a good introduction. And if anything, it's it's just great for stretching the stuff out and seeing where to go. But yeah, I mean, I would recommend it. I I have been thinking about doing the the actual workout in the near future, but uh, I don't know. I need a, <laughs> like today's one of those days where I woke up primarily because my my arthritis in my knee is killing me because we keep having weather systems changing around here right now. <laughs> And my bursitis in my hip is so-so. So, I mean, I'm, I need a. that's where I flared it up the last time is because I did uh, strength builder, uh, stand-up, and then uh, the, the hip back in the opener tutorial, three days in a row worth of workouts. I overdid it with my hips, and they were just, I, they were so irritated and sore. They were not happy with me, so I'm, I'm trying to be better about icing myself down after workouts when I have the time. Right. And on that note. Yep. <laughs> Back to the studio. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile. Alrighty, so, yeah. uh, got anything else to throw out there, sir? No, sir. I've got to go and do like real world stuff. Yeah, I got bills to pay. Yeah. <laughs> <For their late. laughs> 
right at home right now. Anyways, uh, as always, if you guys want to get a hold of me, I'm Passive J. I'm Passive J on the Twitters. I'm Passive J at gmail.com. I'm Passive J in the real world. Come up and say hi, and we'll have a conversation. It'll be awesome. And you can catch me over on Twitter at underscore duckman underscore. You can catch us both on the Facebook page for our podcast, Barely Adequate. And I will try to remember to post up that Game of Thrones music video I was talking about at the beginning of the show. Um, you can catch me over on Facebook as well. Be sure to check out my blog, Making It Through the Middle, uh, over on blogger.com. Uh, I keep saying I'm going to get a new post up on the Monday whenever we record these shows, and somehow it ends up being Tuesday or Wednesday. So, But look for a new post this week. I was actually thrilled. I had like 200 hits in one day on my blog, which is like five times the normal traffic I, I will see in a day. So thank you, everybody, who listens to our show and reads my blog. And, uh, hey, if you're interested in horror stuff and want to hear more Game of Thrones talk, uh, check out my other podcast, uh, The Podcast Macabre. It's also up on Facebook. Cool. I think that's it. I think that's it. Okay, so until next time, folks, may your body mass be less and your week be blessed. Oh, hold reality show under the sea. It's Ryan Seacrest, who's out as he could be. It's Ryan Seacrest. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.